0: This principle of success is called the mastermind principle. The, 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 the mastermind your life podcast. podcast. If you're wanting to realize your ideas, goals, and dreams, and on the journey of masterminding your life, it's time for the podcast made just for you. This is the mastermind your life podcast.
1: Your life. Let's go. Let's go. With Tolu Oboyemi. Owoyimi. Owoyimi. Owoyimi.
0: Hey, 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 what's going on, Masterminders? Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Your Life. We got Nick Ross Speaks in the house, motivational speaker, host of Circle the W podcast, Cancer Survivor, sales director of the Nutritional Coaching Institute and Business Coaching Institute. Nick, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Really excited to talk to you, and thank you for that amazing intro. I need to
0: uh, hire you as my hype man. That was awesome. Man. <laughs> Let's get it, man. One life. Let's get it, man. Air in our yes. lungs. But I think you have your own hype man energy, man, because, you know, uh, a cancer survivor motivational speaker, you know, you face things that uh, some people would kind of face and kind of fall back and say, you know what, I I tried and that's it. So, um, Nick, talk to us about, I guess, obviously, the thing that people kind of see, cancer survivor, man, talk to us about that experience. Like, who were you before and kind of like how did it transform you afterwards?
1: Yeah, just a quick like just bio background about me. I'm from Northeast Pennsylvania called the Pocono Mountains. Grew up on a 75 acre horse farm. I've been working my rear end off since the age of six, uh, mucking stalls, building uh, farms, everything you could think of you had to do on a farm. I did, and I was an only child. So it was a lot of work. And what I quickly figured out is that when I played sports and I had practice or had games, I didn't have to work on the farm. And that was really nice. So quickly, I fell in love with sports, and my whole entire life, my aspirations were to be a professional athlete. Fast forward, played sports my whole life, football, ice hockey, horrific car accident at the age of 16. I wasn't driving, I was with another 15, 16 year old. We got T-boned at 65 miles an hour and uh, I was ripped out of the car with Jaws of Life. This was my first near-death experience and taken to the hospital. It was a long road recovery and that was really the end of any shot that I had at going to college, playing D1 sports and got into music and fast forward, lived uh, for 16 years as a bachelor in a music industry in sales, traveled all over the country, building, designing recording studios, Uh, hanging off the cliffs of Malibu or back of tour buses or anything in between from Nashville to Vegas to Hollywood to Dallas to Cincinnati. I was traveled all over the place. And I lived like a rock star as well. And I was also (laughs) a bachelor with no kids. And I didn't really take care of my health. And I smoked a pack of cigarettes. And I said yes to every party and occasion and two for ones and Sunday fun day. And hey, there's a football game. Another reason to celebrate. Just like a lot of people in their 20s and um, I didn't really take care of my health. I binge ate at night, I ate lots of fast food, we're always eating out, we're always eating at restaurants and I woke up at the age of 32 on March 23rd, I had this lump in my throat and I'm like, man, Mm. it it wouldn't go away and I smoked cigarettes forever. And so at that time I didn't even have a general doctor, okay, (laughs) like you think you're a man of steel and so I quickly go find a general doctor, she looks at me, she's like, Nick, you're fine. You had four wisdom teeth removed a couple weeks prior i had the wheat i had the flu the week after that in march and uh she said here's some antibiotics you're you know got a little infection you'll be fine and i i didn't feel fine something was speaking to me that day and Mm. i went home continued to live my life eating pizza probably playing some madden and watching netflix not doing anything to serve me and i went and took a shower and as i took a shower I'm dried off. I felt a lump in my left testicle. And then I immediately did what no one should do, which was going to WebMD. And by the way, it was like 11, 12 o'clock at night and (laughs) I didn't sleep. And, uh, fast forward again, woke up Friday morning, called the urologist, rushed to the urologist. Thank God they were booked. But the young urologist took uh, his lunch break to see me because I was on the phone crying with the receptionist. Like, I think I have cancer. And from the 45 minutes that I left there and they did the things that they needed to do. And I drove back to my apartment. They called me right when I walked into my apartment. And ethically, I know now they're not supposed to do this. But the severity of the issue and what they saw, uh, he told me over the phone in an empty house by myself that, Nick, you have cancer. You have surgery on Monday. Jesus. Happened that fast. <laughs> like that that fast. Yeah, I didn't even have time to think about it. And really the first thing that went through my mind, like a lot of people, is, is shame and guilt and a lot of neurotic negative emotions. And I blamed myself. I I really took me a long time and a lot of trauma work to, to not blame myself. Why there, did you blame you know? yourself, though? I think that we all subconsciously do the things we know we shouldn't. And, you know, we hold on to the thing that bites us. And for a long time, I knew, you know, based upon family history of, of drugs, addiction, smoking, cancer. Um, you know, I kind of always just like knew that if I continued this lifestyle, I, you know, gaining weight, all of these things that are just risk factors. You know, let's not talk about stress as well I was really stressed out. And if you take a graph of stress rising in America and take a graph of cancer rising in America since the 70s, they almost line up perfectly. And I and I do believe that stress was the cause. Testicular cancer is one of the cancers. There's not like a a, a real cause and effect like you smoke cigarettes, you got lung cancer, you ate like crap, you got prostate cancer, or you chewed tobacco and you got throat cancer, right? Brain cancer, testicular cancer, there's not a real cause and effect that they know. But I know for sure, just from my research over the years and talking to other people, stress is a huge contributing factor to chronic disease. For sure. And so I blamed myself for living in that state and not taking care of myself, knowing that I should go to the gym. like We know what we should eat. We know we should go to the gym. We know we should drink a gallon of water a day, but yet we don't do it. And there I am sitting in my apartment alone, someone that already felt unworthy and loneliness, dealing with uh, the greatest existential weight that you can carry. And that is, holy crap, am I about to die an unconsequential man? Because at the age of 32, I was unconsequential. I had not contributed, I didn't feel significant, I had a lot of success in my life with no fulfillment. And as Tony Robbins says, that's the ultimate failure in life. Success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure in life. And in my company that I worked for, for 15 years, I was one of the top five sales guys out of 500 nationwide for years. I scaled the corporate ladder in the rat race, I was very successful, I had tons of trophies, you know, hanging up for my successes in life, but I was completely unfulfilled. And um, mm. you know, it it was, it was uh, God proverbially putting His hands around my neck and saying, "Wake up, son! Wake up! Wake up!"
0: I love it. Uh, you talked about something that was really key. You say Tony Robbins said it, and it's the greatest kind of like failure. But now that you've had you know a little bit more outlook and development, what does fulfillment mean to you, Nick?
1: Yeah, I I believe in order to live an extraordinary life, you have to master two things. The first thing you have to master is the science of achievement, all right? Achievement and success is a science. It's ones and zeros. You can model it, you can duplicate it. NLP, Neuro Linguistics Program, can teach you how to model people successful, find a mentor, find a coach to pour into you beliefs and values. That's gonna change your identity, then you'll go create your mission from there, right? But you have to master. And it's the, the science of achievement. Now, fulfillment, OK, is an art that is mm. subjective. I can't really tell you how to for you to personally get fulfillment. Now, I do subscribe to this theory. That if you use your few gifts, we all have two or three. Some of us have more. Some of us have like crazy God-given gifts like Beyonce and you transcend the world, right? To sing. But all of us have a couple. Every single person, the creator created you to create, right? In his image. So you are a creator. Mm. And so there's few gifts that you have you should be using for creation and to serve other people. Because that's going to fill your cup up. Now, if you continue to worry about you, that is the definition of suffering. I know when I'm suffering is Nick's worrying about Nick. As soon as wow. I'm like how can I help move someone else forward and I see them get results that fills my cup back up. Cuz I had to pour into them, didn't I? Time, That's energy, right. effort. And so now I'm pouring into them, my cup is empty. I'm un like I'm unfulfilled as far as being recharged, right? But then I see them succeed and I get filled back up. That is fulfillment. And and The only way you can get fulfillment is, I believe, is to serve others with your gifts. And and that puts you into your flow state and and having a focus and a target, like a goal, clarity of what you want. Because if you don't know what you want, you can't satisfy yourself. And I Mm. ask that question to people all the time, like, what do you want? They don't know. So how can you satisfy yourself first, but more importantly, How can anyone satisfy you? How can your partner, your kids, your boss, your business partner? No one can satisfy you if you don't know the evidence criteria of what makes you happy. Incredible. Yeah, (laughs) it's simple stuff, but like it. it, That's that's the way I like to think. Unfortunately, all the time.
0: No, (laughs) it's it's true because most people. Don't get that deep with themselves and we we move through life surface level we don't really dig into the crevices and you know the, into the, the heartstrings and really look like with a microscope and say why do i exist what do i exist for you know what makes me happy what what do i what things can i do that you know get me excited get me pumped how can i serve people in a deeper way um, so that's in, that's incredible uh, When you Nick think about You know Chemo right And you mm-hmm. know cancer To a lot of people I could think that that would feel like A gut punch From like Thanos Or something like that right And uh, really really Like negative thoughts So talk to us about like the period Of you know hey, man, we're going to have to do surgery Monday, Nick, to the process of, like, you know, beating cancer or, you know, going through the treatments.
1: Yeah, chemo was absolutely by far the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. Um, I had to go through it in a scale of light to heavy. The heaviest chemo they could give a 32-year-old man uh, in my wow. age and my health in the, in the shortest amount of time possible. Uh, I went five days a week, eight hours a day, every other week for two months. Uh, a lot of people, depending on what they're dealing with, are just there a couple times a month for maybe an hour or two. And I would sit there eight hours a day. And thankfully, now today, science has progressed so much. There's things called immunotherapy. They still make you sick, but they're not. They're, the cure rates are a lot better, and it seems to be the side effects. There's some other new sciences that are coming out. Because chemotherapy, if you don't know, it destroys you. Everything, every fast acting cell in your body, it attacks because that's what cancer is it's a rapidly dividing cell that your body can't attack because it's part of your body. Your immune system doesn't know to attack it, it's not an outside intruder, right?
0: Mm. And so
1: it, it destroys all your, your immune system. You know, that's how a lot of people get die and sick, much like um, HIV is that it destroys your immune system. You can't fight off a common cold. Like if I got a headache, twice I was rushed to the hospital with a fever because a fever will kill you. Um, And I had to have some really heavy chemo drugs and I sat on the chemo ward floor eight hours a day and I watched hundreds of people come in and out and I'm thinking to myself like, here I am in Nashville, Tennessee in this one little room in this one little hospital in this one little county and like, let's scope this out a minute. Like this is a really massive problem going on in our world, and watching grown men, strong men, and strong women really wither away and fade away to bones, like in front of my eyes, because I'm sitting there weeks at a time, you know, like watching, watching this happen. Um, for me, I was pumped with so many fluids and liquids, I actually gained weight, like I ballooned up, because I was just getting bag after bag after bag, eight hours a day of this you know, steroids and uh, saline and chemo and whatever else they're pumping you through. And so, what I learned on the chemo ward floor is because by day three, four, and five of a chemo cycle, when you're going eight hours a day, you do not want to get out of bed. Wow. Right? And I would have, my mom would have to drag me, I would have to crawl because you're going to a place that is poisoning you. And the Mm. juxtaposition is to hopefully, Hopefully you survive because the doctor said we're going to do this and you have a 50% chance that the cancer comes back. And if it comes back, it's going to be in all your organs. And now you have a 9% or I'm sorry, not, not, but a single digit. Yeah. 9% chance of survival. I had a very like testicular cancer in the scale of cancers is very curable, but my particular tumor was made up of some really bad cancer cells very highly aggressive killers and so they had to nuke me with for any chance because it's attached to my lymphatic system which is the drainage system to your organs so the tumor where it had grown was literally had a highway to all of my organs and so day three four and five i'm just like do i want to continue this because Mm. time sits still like you it goes drip drip Drip, (laughs) drip. You ever sit in detention? Like it, it just time stops when you're a kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, It was just. It was. It was a lot. It was heavy. It was really hard to watch other people go through it. Like people, you know. I'm making assumption, but you're looking at them like, man, are they gonna make it? Is that me? Is that my fate? And at that time, and at that moment, you know, I just promised God. I said, God. Give me a second chance at life, and I swear I promise I will use my few gifts when I get better to serve others. I had no idea how. I didn't know that I would ever get into what I am today because it's completely different than what I was doing then. And I've subscribed to that to that promise, and I've never let go, never let go of it.
0: To, to follow up to that, why do you think God allowed you to you know, continue to journey this gift of life?
1: You know, I've been on a lot of podcasts, uh, and no one's ever asked me that question. That's a really great question. Um, I hope it's just to take my mess and turn it into my message mm. and, and to allow, allow him to work through me. You know, I, I've surrendered to God a long time ago and I said, just take my hand. I'm just going to follow because the that day when I surrendered to God, which was by the The first time I ever did, it's shown up, shown up every time he spoke to me to tell me the day I was sick too, you know, something, something spoke to me. I wanted to like go see a doctor, you know, and I, and that answer still wasn't good enough for me. And I went home and examined myself and still found it. And yeah, that's pretty, um,
0: a lot of times people don't have that, uh, awareness. So it's almost like something led you to not just. take because if a doctor gives you antibiotic you'd probably be like okay all right i'm good i'll just keep going about my day-to-day but the fact that you was like yeah nah
1: no i woke up feeling like something was wrong like yeah i mean it's part of maybe and i you know i'm only speculating you know calming and quieting the inner calmness to be able to hear that that higher voice, that omnipotent voice, that most powerful voice, you know, it's, it's inside of all mm-hmm. of us, but unfortunately there's so much dialogue with the imposter syndrome and self-sabotage um, anxiety, fear, doubt, uh, and all this negativity, neurotic emotions that are going on in our head that we, you know, God in our dreams, they whisper to us, That's right. they don't scream it. And if we have all this noise going on in our head from the imposter, from the self sabotager as I said, you can't connect to your highest self. Can't connect to the Creator. You just can't.
0: Incredible. It's Too much in the way. Yeah, no, and you know, I, I think about God a lot and you know you know, it's such an amazing thing to even have the opportunity to know who he is and what he represents and the effect that he has. So, you know, I'm extremely excited whenever I, I get the opportunity, especially in the you know, world that's like, yo, keep business away from God and God away from you know, trying to uh keep things divided but uh it's truly a blessing and a miracle whenever you know god is involved and really god he's involved with everything um
1: and anyone that's in business your first and foremost job should be to impact lives right who's that's right and and if you impact lives guess what happens there's two amazing byproducts one you get fulfilled, as I said before. So now you have the energy, the compelling reason to get out of bed in the first alarm and keep attacking the business, keep serving the customers. And then a the second byproduct of impacting someone's life is income. And yes, you should be paid a commission for your hard work in serving and impacting others. Um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Exactly. Serve.
0: Serve. Now, you know, you, you talked about like before chemo, you know, smoking cigs, you know, eating food, kind of just, you know, going to parties and things of like that. But after chemo, talk about the mental transformation, because it's kind of like, man, I made it. Like, I'm alive, I'm, I'm here. But talk about the mental transformation afterwards.
1: Yeah, I will I will be the first one to admit it was not immediate. It wasn't, you know, I, I did have these profound epiphany moments, these moments of clarity and decision, but it, wow. I, I want people to know it wasn't like... Oh my God, I'm a brand new identity. I still had to put in work. In fact, there was actually some bigger failures in my life that I'm extremely embarrassed that happened after I was diagnosed with cancer. Like even a worse rock bottom. And so I...
0: Can you give us an example of one?
1: Yeah, it's incredibly embarrassing. It's the most embarrassing story, but I will share it. I've only ever shared it one other time, but it was on my podcast, so it's out there and I'll share it. Uh, The day the doctor called me and told me I was cancer-free... I went out and I celebrated and I went to downtown Nashville and I when I tell you I always took an Uber and I always took a Lyft, I always did, but on this night I did not. So on the day I was told I was cancer free, I went out to celebrate with my friends and I drove home and less than a quarter mile later I got pulled over and I got my third DUI of my life. And I I was put in jail for days because no one could find me because I had no money from paying for cancer to even bail myself out and that was the lowest moment of my life because I wasn't even fully recovered from cancer or chemo. I'm in jail like looking like a sickly cancer patient. Um, I'm looking at losing and being in jail for a year, losing my job, losing my house, losing everything that I owned. Um, Luckily, I was able to legally fight that and not have to do that. And once I got better, literally, and put that behind me, Uh, I reached out for help from a friend and she directed me, me, directed me in a direction of a what's now. I didn't even know what this meant back then, but an online nutrition coach. And this was about five years ago. And so I hired an online nutrition coach who happened to also be local here in Nashville. We, he trained me online as far as my nutrition, my workout plans, my macros, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, But I was able still to go visit and work out with him and we just developed a relationship. From there, a mentor, as I teach, helps instill values and beliefs in you. And at That's that right. point in my life, I wanted to change a lot about my environment, but I couldn't because I never was able to develop the long-term habits to feel capable of change. And so luckily, mm. I met a really good man by the name of Jeff Black here in Nashville, who really poured into me and invested in Saul that I had some skill sets that could help his business. And so I ended up serving him for free for like four years to learn the fitness industry that he had been in in about 20 years wow. uh, total. And so I helped serve his gym for free. I'd leave my nine to five, go help them marketing, general management, sales, build out their all their KPIs, all their trackers, taught them how to do and run ads, VSLs, all this kind of stuff. And I watched their business boom as my confidence went up. Uh, and I was able to finally transition out of a job that at the towards of it I was absolutely dreading it because I'd done it for 15 years and was able to get into the nutrition and fitness industry. Once again, for serving people for free until I finally developed the skill sets, the vocabulary to have conversations with others that put me into new rooms that then allowed me to open up new, new doors of opportunity. And from that, I was able to radically change my life, my career, my financials, Uh, And along the way, I got into bodybuilding and took care of my nutrition, my health, my mindset, all changed based upon first and foremost what I was putting in my mouth. Most people don't realize what's going on up here and I'm pointing at my brain is directly related to what I put in my mouth. And that was the first step of, of finding discipline, which I really, really craved and wanted in my life.
0: Amazing. Uh, When you started working with Jeff Black and, you know, there's so many different uh, sectors to go to in the business of finance and, you know, the business of sales, the business of, you know, uh, physical nutrition, of uh, the fitness component, like you said, the VSLs, the KPIs, there's so many different directions to go into. Uh, What direction did you naturally gravitate towards?
1: Uh, First and foremost was organization Uh, in any business and I've helped a lot of business That's what I did with my old job. They'd move me to a new city I'd go into this brick-and-mortar music retailer and that were usually a mess not doing very well And then make it a top 5 top 10 performing store So that mindset I took going into the gym and helping them which was just organization There wasn't most places. I see are extremely disorganized in numbers data KPIs and they're making a bunch of emotional decisions not based upon data. And if you're running Mm. a business based upon emotional decisions, you're running a business as an artist and not as an entrepreneur. Because you're allowing your creative emotional mind to get involved to run your business. Like, no, why did we change this? Oh, because the data here supports, generated this many leads, these leads didn't convert, and when they did convert, they had a no-show rate of 35%, well, we probably should stop doing that, right? Mm. And so if you don't know simple aspects like leads, calls, closes, and the conversion rates, the no-show rates, the reschedule rates, and where those are supposed to be and where they are acceptable to be, your close rates, uh, your conversion rates, um, it makes it really hard to grow and scale a business. It also makes it really hard to keep people accountable when things aren't put down and you can leverage them. Like, here's the facts, here's the data, here's the numbers. And when you're growing and scaling a team as we were at that gym, you have to be able to hold people accountable and then inspect what you expect from them, which is if you have the reports, if you have the organization, then we can have more meaningful conversations about performance. So there's a lot to unpack there, but I'm huge on organization uh, of files documents google drives like everything getting all of the spreadsheets in line getting an understanding in the first couple months of the data rolling in and then making educated decisions based upon the data
0: incredible talk to us about um competition you know so you, you you're out and you, you get into nutrition and you have the mentor why compete you know what kind of uh, led you to say? You know what I, I want to go compete
1: in bodybuilding or against my, <laughs> my competition, like a, the big in guys. Because I want to compete. Yeah, in bodybuilding. Um, you know that was that's a, another very good question. I like these questions here. Um, it was a vision in a dream that Jeff gave me by giving me confidence. Uh, you know, breaking down who I was at a child. My father was never in my life. He was in jail. Every time he said he was supposed to show up, he never did. Just like one of those typical stories of an absentee father, right? And so I always look for approval of men from men growing up. Even as an adult, I still do. It's part of who I am, uh, and I'm aware of it. But Jeff just put a vision in my head. He's like, hey man, I think you can do this. I think you have what it takes to be able to compete. And I was like, nope, don't want to do it, don't want to do it, don't want to do it. And I put it off for years, and then as I started to get more into mindset and self-development and working on the trauma, I remembered painfully the moment that I gave up on my goal to become a professional athlete. Mm. I rem- I, and I just lived through the painful memory and experience. And it haunted me. It haunted me. And at this point, I'm 34. And at the, the memory that I would walk into, I was eight. Right. And so at eight, I made a promise to my mom that I would become a professional athlete so I could buy her her dream farm that she never had to work on. Cause we were broke wow. and poor. Like we worked our asses off, but we never got to enjoy it. Right. And so I always thought as a kid that would be the ticket. Right. Like a lot of athletes want to buy their mom, who's my single mom, they, her dream house. Right. A lot of rookies right. do that as soon as they get in the uh, yeah, NFL, NBL. Yep. And so. Here I am 34 years later, and I gave up on that dream when I was 16 after that car accident, right? And so, um, when I'm 34 and I'm thinking about doing bodybuilding, I did my first one and I went out there to compete and I had forgot what it was like to compete. I forgot how much I loved being, even though you're not on the field, right? But like being out there in the first, I wasn't even nervous, which I thought I would be. And I I was like, this brought back a part of my childhood, and then I was like, I can still go pro. At 34, I have enough years in bodybuilding to chase a pro card and make this dream come true. And so right. here I am now, uh, almost five years removed from that. I'll be 39 in November, and I'm still chasing. I just did a competition three weeks ago, which I did think that I was going to turn pro. I, like I had zero doubt that I was going to turn pro. Uh, and I got smacked in the face and got a, a good dose of reality and um, still placed well, but didn't turn pro. So now just continue to chase that dream. I'll, I'll be 40 when my next opportunity is, but yeah. I, I won't give up until I make it happen.
0: Yeah. I love it, man. Circle the W, you know, the podcast, you know, uh, what does the W circle the W? What does that mean? It seems like circle the seem w. a significant meaning. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Circle the W um, is, is exactly that. It means circling the W on your calendar for the day, signifying you won the day. Right. So circling mm. the win. Right. Uh, Circle the W is a methodology and algorithm for success. It's something okay. that I've merged from many different, um, you know, great coaches out there. Uh, Andy Frazella, Ed Milet, Tony Robbins. Oh, yeah. And. and I've just kind of combined their methodologies for peak performance and how to change your identity, how to self-improve. And I Amazing. believe in small incremental wins stacked daily. And so what I have my, um, all of our podcast i say all of them, I wish, but what I'm trying to get is a culture of winning and learning how to get the evidence criteria of winning. So step one is you buy a big dry erase marker, right? You get one at Walmart or Amazon. You're gonna hang it in a really high traffic area. And now we need to get evidence criteria of what your goals are, which most people don't know. So the second Mm -hmm. step is you write down, it's called brainstorming. You write down 20 goals on a piece of paper. It has to be paper and pen. Okay. This is called spelling for a reason because you're casting a spell. You're taking thought Mm. form and bringing it into the physical world. So don't type it on your computer. Write it on paper. Is that There's something ritualistic and spiritual about it. Okay. 20 goals. You're going to write them down. It could be I want a PlayStation 24, I want the iPhone 32, I want to go on this vacation, I want to buy mom this, it could be I want to get a job promotion, I want to get married, I want to buy a new house, be materialistic or anything in between. You're then gonna prioritize the top five goals. So we have 20, but now we're gonna prioritize them in the top five. The other 15 we get rid of. Those are all your distractions. That's why you continue to go a little bit over here and a little bit over there. And you never actually are moving forward and upward towards your highest self because you continue to get distracted by the shiny objects. So now we have our top five goals. These are the things that you want to get done in the next year, right? Or the next couple years. Now we need evidence criteria of how to win the day and support those goals. And so, what we're going to do is create what's called five actionable steps a day to win the day. All right. And these are simple, small wins for most people. The first step I have them do is make your bed, right? Because it's a small win at the end of the day. It's your first win. If you have a really terrible day, at least you have a made bed and comfortable bed to get into, right? It was the worst that could happen. Like, make your bed. Read you know, 10 pages of a self-development book, listen to 30 minutes of a podcast, go on a 10 to 15 minute walk and drink a gallon of water. Those are just made up, but they need to be relevant to what your big goal is, right? Or your, your top five goals are this way. You're taking small incremental steps forward every day. And you have evidence criteria of when you win, right? Cause that's what people mm. don't have. Wins are everywhere. Potential is everywhere but people don't take advantage of it because they don't know how to identify it. And so now, here's the great part. You're you're a high performer, you have imposter syndrome, you're a high achiever, you're an entrepreneur wearing a lot of hats. Well, one of the problems you have is, is you are so stressed out you can't go to sleep at night because you're constantly thinking about the things that you, did I win, did I do enough, did I get enough done, did I send enough emails? Well, now That's you right. have evidence criteria of how to actually win the day to expand your, can- your container f- into a 10-gallon person, because there's some people out there right now that are pint-sized people that need to become 10-gallon people. So you need evidence mm. criteria of this, okay? And these steps, if you get them done at noon, then guess what, you won the day, right? You can get them done early. It could be wake up on the first alarm, wake up at 3.30. Anything that you're procrastinating about that you know you need to fix, write it on the list. If you do it 21 days in a row, you remove it and add something else. But it has to support the five goals that you're looking to do. And then you go to the calendar and you do exactly that. You draw a W and you in cir- a circle around it. And you circle the W, you win the day. Right. Well, how many days in a row can you win? You can stack the wins. Now we create momentum. And momentum is velocity and, and um, velocity and mass. So the velocity is acting today. Get this done today. And the mass is the quantity of the wins that creates momentum in your life towards your highest self. And it's a framework. It's just a methodology that I use every day. I use it through bodybuilding. I use it all year round and I teach others how to use it to change their identity by building the confidence of winning.
0: Incredible. Nick, when it comes to, you know, it seems like you have this gift, incredible gift to to inspire and motivate others but talk about sales you know that's something whereby you're probably going to be needed more and more and more because you know more people are becoming coaches more people are going to become you know hey we want to advise people we but we don't necessarily know how to bridge from the the conversation to then you know enrolling them into our program so what is it about sales that gets you excited and how do we get the the drove that you know he has a skill but he doesn't necessarily know how to sell? How do we get him to sell?
1: Um, that's a great question. The reason that I love sales, and by the way, everyone has been selling since the moment they were born. As soon as you came out, you were selling the doctor to stop smacking your ear end. You were selling your mom to feed you. You're when you were a teenager, you were negotiating and exploiting your parents and negotiating for what you wanted you've been selling your whole entire life the other thing is is you've been getting paid a commission your whole entire life if you are Mm. married and in a relationship and you're working really hard for a great relationship and communicating you're paid a commission for that a healthy and happy relationship right so you're paid commissions in all types of areas but people have so many generalizations stereotypes misnomers and presuppositions about sales that they create a casual contempt for sales. Let me tell you this right now, I hope you're listening. If you have contempt for sales and marketing, good luck as an entrepreneur, because that's what you're gonna need. And if you wanna build your business on luck, mm, not a good decision. So you're going to have to learn the skill set of sales and leadership in order to build a six or seven figure business self-made unless you are born with a supreme talent to paint, draw, athletics, or whatever, self-made, you have to learn sales and leadership. Now, I do not necessarily like the term sales because it automatically invokes negativity in people. Really what I am fascinated with, and if you are a coach, the topics that you really want to listen to are influence, persuasion, and communication. Those are the areas that you should be acquiring knowledge on podcasts, audibles books YouTube wherever you can AQ acquire knowledge it should be on those topics now the reason being is because you are an entrepreneur and your life is based upon relationships Uh, more Tony Robbins Tony Robbins says the quality of your life is dependent on the quality of your relationships so let's draw a line to what what is dependent what are relationships dependent on they're dependent on communication because why did every relationship in your life break down Lack of communication. How did every argument with your partner, your, your family and your spouse start in a DM or a text? Why did that happen? Because of lack of context and communication. You only had words on a screen. You didn't have tonality and physiology when you sent off that text message that may have made someone upset. And That's so communication right. and understanding the science of communication, not only with others, but with yourself is highly important as an entrepreneur. Okay influence and persuasion is the next two and so research those the greatest overall overwhelming arching topic that kind of encapsulates all of those topics is nlp neuro linguistics programming it was created in the 70s as a therapy but you can extract all of this information from nlp which i teach at business coaching institute for nutrition coaches um you can really what we're doing is moving people from pain to possibility.
0: Mm. Doing
1: it in a conversational (laughs) way, okay? That's right. Uh, And changing state, we're changing state from resistant to buy to open to buy, and we're doing it through tonality, skilled asking question, and learning how to prevent objections. So, the greatest, you know, and I could talk about this like, for four or five hours straight. (laughs) I'll just give you the quickest tip that I can give you guys. The most important thing for you to do is when you get on your Zoom consultation or your sales call is to not get on the phone and go, hey, Miss Jones, I am so excited to talk to you today about wow. your painful problems. Mm. Okay. And in the new in-, in the nutrition industry, it's mostly weight loss. So effectively what you're saying as a nutrition coach is, hey Miss Jones, I'm a stranger. I'm super excited to talk to you, which I'm really not, about your super painful problem of how you view yourself naked in the mirror. Yeah. And and what you automatically do is you go into what is called the relationship builder. It's an architect wow. That so many people, because they've seen it in movies or society at Best Buy, at the, when they bought a car, or wherever they had dealt with a bad salesperson, they've seen what's called the relationship builder. And the relationship builder stopped working. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this company. It's called Amazon. Who do you have a relationship with at Amazon? Who do you call at Amazon? Who do you call? You can't call anyone. Who do you call at Walmart? What relationship do you have with Walmart. Yet the two biggest sellers of product in the world, there's no relationship with them because the paradigm in the industry has changed to what you should be running, which is called leadership-based or sales or the challenger framework, where we are testing people's um, paradigms, thoughts, decision-making processes, and doing it in a calm, assertive, confident state. That is the most important part. All right? And so from there... What I want you to do is be in the mindset of a world-class doctor, okay? Mm.
0: So when Dr.
1: Hemphill, my oncologist, walked into the chemo room for the first time and I'm bawling my eyes out because I just signed like a thousand papers of waivers of side effects that you may have, Dr. Wow. Hemphill didn't walk into the, the, the oncology room where I'm where I'm in my painful problem and say, Hey, Nick, I'm so excited to talk to you about your cancer today. You see all those people out there? They're just like you. Don't worry. You're going to be just fine. Because if he did that, I think he was a quack, right? Exactly. Instead, he comes in calm, assertive, confident, tonality and control. He's not talking very fast. He's focusing and paying attention and listening to me with his ears, his eyes, his heart and his attention. He diagnoses the pain. He finds out what's possible. I want to live. And then he offers mm. the pathology from point A to point B. of confident, in a mindset of a world-class doctor, okay? That is your state and a superior because you are an expert, and remember this, they admitted they are in a painful problem when they booked the call on your calendar. They admitted that you are the expert to solve the problem the minute they got on the phone call. So you have to be in a superior, not inferior posturing, an expert, and be assertive, confident, and ask skilled Incredible. questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Incredible.
1: Because think about, it, what's the doctor say? What's hurting? How long has it been hurting? When did you notice it was hurting? What, what is it preventing you from doing? What luxuries are taken away now that you broke your ankle? Like, right? And, yeah. and, and but what do doctors do? They don't just go on the external pain or the external possibility. They get images on the inside so they can get to the internal pain and the internal Mm. damage. And so you, the sales guy, have to do the same thing. They're sales person. You can't just take the face value external what they're saying. You have to dive into what drives them, their emotional driving force, because When you figure out their emotional driving force, you also figure out their dominant buying motive, why they buy. And so, so many of you, if it's, again, nutrition, I want to lose 25 pounds. Well, if you're selling, I want to lose 25 pounds for $2,000 paid in full for six months. It ain't happening. Mm.
0: But if I'm selling,
1: yes, you'll lose 25 pounds in six months with a guarantee on the backside. And I'm going to help you be more... Uh, have more energy at the end of a long day, so you can fully invest in your family. We're gonna get rid of the knee pain, the back pain, and the foot pain from being overweight. That's preventing you from going on those long hikes that you love. Uh, and you remember you told me earlier that you haven't gotten naked in front of your husband in three or four months because you're embarrassed about how you look. We're gonna fix that and make you the most confident woman ever. Oh, and by Woof. the way, that, that vacation that you wanna take, that you, you haven't wanted to put on that bikini in forever, and you noticed your husband looking at other women when you went, that ain't going to be a problem anymore, right? Because I'm going to fix all of that. And so now we're fixing the internal pain. If all this Mm. did was, it's a close actually. If all this did was solve problem one, would it be worth $2,000? But if all this did was also solve this problem, would it be worth $2,000? But if I also solve this third problem, would that be worth $2,000? But lastly, Sheesh. this thing that you said that was really killing you, that was really bothering you, if I also solve that, would that be worth $2,000? Where's
0: my wallet at, man? Just, just Come there, on. Man. Just, just take it. <laughs> man. Uh.
1: <laughs>
0: Sir. <laughs> this is incredible, man. Like, you're so right, because if you can really, like, if I have a problem, go go deep. Go as deep as possible, and hey, man, how's it affecting other areas of your life, and, and what's going on, and and give. I, I want the solu- I want the ointment, I want the solution, I want, I want the treatment for the for that. I don't want the so, oh yeah, you know, just buy the package, and, you know, da, da, da. Nah, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't go as deep, and you're right. The doctor doesn't just you know, hey, let me just do a quick glance, and all right, hit, you would be like, whoa, ho, ho, ho. right? I'm not taking you- that.
1: Mm -mm, exactly and so a lot of what a lot of people are doing is what's called fab features advantages and benefits of my service or product what that is is a presentation style it's a presentation style sales which is a dead framework people are people know it immediately so they immediately smell sales pressure so they immediately apply buying resistance right because for every action there's an equal reaction that's just a law of nature and quantum mechanics and so we have to be sure that we are not in a demonstration-based sales model. Remember, the doctor is in diagnosis. So when Mm. you're in demonstration, when you're in demonstration features, advantage, and benefits, you're doing a show and tell. The person who is in control is the lead and prospect because you have to prove your worthiness to them, Mm. right? And when it's diagnosis, I'm in control because I'm asking skilled questions. I care about you, and I'm I'm not here doing features, advantages, benefits, I'm connecting, it's called the connection-based sales model is what I, what I teach, because you have to create a connection. Well, how do you create a connection with any human being? You get down to their motives. What drives them? Why is it important to you that you lose the 25 pounds now? That's right. Why is it important to you that you solve your lead generation problem now? Why is it important that you start working with an ad agency today right when did you guys first start noticing you needed to work with an ad agency are you so you've worked mm. with other ad agencies did other people get results with them why do you think that they got results but you you didn't sheesh oh because you guys had x y and z going on externally well that problem's gone now so this is going to work
0: Because now they don't have
1: anything to blame, right? There's all kinds of cool things you can do. But overwhelmingly, the biggest thing that I I really see people where they mess up is they have the the wrong framework. So I teach the six stages of sales, which is the connection-based sales model. Um, And you have a sequence of events that's going to prevent objections for you. And tonality. People get their tonality all wrong. They say the right things. They don't say it the right way. And so it sounds like, it sounds like, it sounds like this, like, so the leading prospects tells me, Nick, I just need to talk to my husband. Mm-hmm. All right. This is what you want to do. Step one, you want to get on the same side of the negotiating table, which means you summarize what you heard. Step two is you validate her fear. And step three is you establish the need for the program. Now mm-hmm. said in the wrong tonality, it comes off wrong. But in the right tonality, it's right. So watch. So she says, Nick, I need to speak to my significant other. Now, this is where people mess up because they haven't practiced this. So now they're forced into spontaneous conversation, which is then they force themselves into fight or flight, which they force themselves to shut down their creative mind because you have no reason to paint a picture when you're running from a tiger. Okay. So people fear spontaneous conversation, not public speaking, by the way. Um, and so if you don't know what to say you're going to lock up and that's what people report to me all the time I locked up I didn't know what to say right you ever get in an argument you ever get in an argument with someone and you walk away and then you become emotionally stable and then like that great one line came to you like oh if I only would have said that I would have burned them so bad well that's an example (laughs) of it because when you were in the argument you were in fight or flight so you couldn't Mm. access the creative part of your mind to say that great one liner that would have you know made everyone interrupt and like oh we got him right and then you cool yeah. down emotionally you cool down emotionally and then you're able to access that part of your brain and so this is why most people mess up because they don't know what to say because they don't practice it so i just gave you the three steps this is what it sounds like what i'm hearing is miss jones is that you'd like to speak to jim so he feels a part of the decision making process and by the way i think that's an amazing idea i think that's a great idea and Look, I know this is a silly question, so just bear with me for a second. It's a hypothetical question. But like like let's say let's say Jim was here right now and the answer was yes from Jim. Sign up for it. Would this even be the right program for you? Would this even be the right solution? And so what I did is I summarized what I heard. What I'm hearing is you want to speak to Jim, your husband. I validated her fear. By the way, I think that's a great idea that you get him to be a part of the decision-making process. I think that's awesome. That's right. And then I establish the need for the program. So anytime we have to ask a silly hypothetical question we don't like, I just always like, I know this is a silly question. Just bear with me. I smile through the phone. Then you got to slow down when you want to make a big impactful point. I want you to lower your voice, lower the volume of your voice. And I want you to add in space and a little bit of time. And I want you to be comfortable with it. Let's say Jim was here right now and the answer was yes from him. Would this even be the right program for you? Would this even be the right fit? Do you mind telling me why a little bit? Do you mind sharing like what like what you and Jim collectively would think is the best part of this program? What wow. if what if Jim said no? Would you still sign up? or would you not do it? Because if you would still do it, then let's go ahead and do it now, and then what do we gotta do to make Jim feel completely on board with this decision today? How can I help you do that? If Jim's not on board, Miss Jones, how are you eventually gonna bring this up to him? How are you eventually gonna solve this if he keeps saying no? Mm. And you know, maybe that's the reason why you're the perfect person for this service and product, because you keep asking for support from Jim when you, I'm sorry, you keep asking permission from Jim when you really need to be asking for his support. And here's what I mean. If you don't mind, Miss Jones, I'm going to put on my coach's hat for a second. I'm just going to challenge you a bit. And a year from now, if you're not where you need to be, are you going to blame Jim, your husband, or are you going to blame yourself? Whoosh. You know, are you gonna blame your business partner? If you don't do this, are you gonna blame your business partner in in a year or two? Or are you gonna blame yourself? Are you gonna continue to blame the kids, Miss Jones, is why you're not getting results? Or are you gonna blame yourself at the end of this if you're not where you wanna be? Now look, I'm not I'm not Doctor Phil. I have my own problems in my own relationship. But if you're gonna go speak to Jim, this is what I would like you to do. Can you do this for me? Please? Alright. When you go talk to him, don't tell him how great we are, how amazing of a coach I am, or all the results that we get. What I want you to do is when you go talk to him, ask him for support, not permission, and have the same exact conversation you and I had today on this phone call. The pain that you're in, the possibility and core desire that you want, and how it's affecting your relationship, and that you just happen to think that I'm the guy that's gonna help you get you there. Can you do that for me great what time do you talk to Jim tonight 730. I'm gonna text you at 8 is that work great Bam so tonality is everything though the space you gotta allow you got to give people space <laughs> And so Jeez. guys if you use if anyone uses that reach out to me and let me know cuz uh, my driving force is contribution, so I'd love to know that that helped you out and close the deal. Hopefully, uh, paid in full.
0: Nah, Nick, this, you're like a grenade of knowledge, <laughs> strategies, positivity, and I think a lot of people don't know how tactical and how, like, like you're like a sniper. You know, like, you just you, hey, throw the flashbang. Oh, uh, <laughs> yes.
1: yeah. Well, Nick, we can play some Call of Duty, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> for people that are listening and they're like man i, I want this guy to coach me i i, I want to learn from him i, I you know nutrition or the sales or how can people go ahead and connect with you nick and, and tap into this absolute monstrosity of this this knowledge and it's not you're not you, you didn't quote. you didn't force her you didn't course her you 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 gently led her, like, hey, how would you, in a, a year from now, when I want you to go ask him for your, the support, how can people tap in with you, Nick?
1: Yes, I do not uh, coach individually. Uh, in, our, in our ecosystem, we got thousands of, of clients in the nutrition industry that I coach. I'm also the sales director for a $15 million a year plus company, so I stay very busy coaching and being a sales director to my sales team and to the company. Um, But I do and I did just launch a sales school a sales Academy online. So uh, It's called uh, BCI sales school and it is tailored to online high-ticket coaching offers I guarantee you that one resource in it is worth the whole entire you get 20 resources and 54 modules on on sales and it's I'm not gonna tell you the price on the podcast reach out to me, but it's not that expensive (laughs) and I swear to God you'll get a ROI Um, but that's, that's one way to get the education that I am teaching. And if you are an online nutrition coach and you're looking to get certified in nutrition, gut health, hormones, or you're looking to grow, scale your business. So you need lead generation, lead, nurture sales and fulfillment. There is no better leader in a space than nutritional coaching Institute and business coaching Institute. And I work for both companies. We're sister companies. We can help you do all of that. And you get to work with me every week, multiple times a week.
0: What you guys heard the mirror right from the phenom himself Nick break it down guys We're going to give you direct access and links Nick any last words anything you want to say get off your chest you want to say to the people out there
1: Yeah, I just want to say this My life's purpose is to serve When I was sitting in the chemo ward I had no idea. I mean I was a lost and broken man guys and I I could have never seen any of this for myself. Wow. Once I got clarity of what I wanted, crystal clear. Not I want to make more money. Great, here's a dollar. Get out of here, kid. It's I want to make a million dollars. That chunks down to eighty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three dollars a week, right? And yeah. uh, or a day. I forget what it is at this yeah. point. But and in logging on and visualizing seeing the money in the bank of america account going to the bank and making the withdrawal what is the bank teller's name what is the car you're in how does your hands feel around the wood grain of the steering wheel if it is wood grain it could be any material you want it to be right and like getting crystal clear and living and absorbing that vision for yourself that is mindset that is the definition of mindset You have to set your mind emotionally and intellectually into your vision and work hard enough at it. But I'm here to tell you right now, you're gonna do all of that and you're not going to get what you want because we are just silly human beings. We are going to get something so much greater than we could have ever imagined. And I believe if one man or one woman can accomplish it, anyone can accomplish it, guys. Remember, success is a science. You can learn it. You're capable. You're enough. Just make a decision to win the day.
0: Incredible. Nick, this has probably been one of the best podcast interviews. I've interviewed over 100 plus people. Uh, oh, thank you. You are... The mindset, the, 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 the every... It's like you could be good at anything you put your mind to, man. And Not good. Kill <laughs> it. And thank you man for take for taking the time on your day to be here the sacrifice the dedication the commitment the the refinement man the challenging man like challenging yourself man so we all super super appreciated Nick thank you
1: thank you i, I really enjoyed this you have great energy and uh, you just filled my tank up for like the rest of the month so thank you i look forward <laughs> to continuing a relationship with you and hopefully coming back on and doing this again sometime
0: man you know what's crazy i feel like we just scratched the surface yes i i, I, I feel so. like bro like this is like man there's a whole nother treasure chest that wasn't even open so we definitely have to do a part two uh um, love but to. man it's a blessing talking to you and having god in it too as well charged me up because a lot of times you know it's like hey man you're doing a podcast don't so it, it, it thank you
1: yeah i'm here for it I'm here for it. You guys can uh, find me on Instagram at at Nick Ross Speaks and also uh, uh, TikTok at Nick Ross Speaks. And I'd love to help you guys. If you have any questions, I'm literally the guy that will answer all the questions. I won't go to the bed. So just hit me up. I'm here to serve, guys. Thank you.
0: Incredible. Guys, we're going to give you direct access and links to him. Make sure you follow. You tap in. Until next time, masterminders, keep on masterminding and pick God first. Thank you for listening to the Mastermind Your Life podcast with Tolu Owoyemi. We hope you enjoy. Be sure to rate and review this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And follow Tolu on Instagram at T-O-L-U dot O-W-O-Y-E-M-I. Keep mastering your life and we'll see you here next time.